Hi there again. I'm Father Matt Kovisk, and I'm the rector of St. Mary's Anglican Church in Verdon. Now, I'm sure that each one of you listening this morning has places where you have lots of fond memories. And I've got lots of these myself, and a few of them I refer to as places where my heart still lives. And one of these places for me is a place where I went to seminary to complete my Master of Divinity degree here on college at the University of Western Ontario. On the cornerstone, there is an inscription in Greek. In case you're not up on your biblical Greek, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, for I will butcher it horribly. The English translates like this. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, 16. It's the Faculty of Theology's motto, and it forms part of our reading from the epistles for this morning. In case you want to pull your Bible out, and read along at home, we would read from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 16 to 23. Now, in writing to the church in Corinth, St. Paul is writing to a church in a thriving city. This city had lots of major trade routes, both by land and by sea, which means diversity in terms of its economic base, never a bad thing when it comes to a thriving economy. The city was steeped in Greek culture, with a major emphasis on Greek philosophy and wisdom. It was a city that practiced worship to the Greek gods with many temples, most notably the temple to Aphrodite, where worshippers practiced religious prostitution. With all of this action, with the wealth of the city, a philosophy and wisdom that could be at odds of Christianity, not to mention the sexual immorality, a Christian's identity, especially a newly formed Christian's identity, could be easily lost in the milieu of the secular world. St. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, writes to them to remind them what the Christian identity actually is. And what is our identity, one might ask? As Christians, our identity is centered around the gospel, the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that we are to live and preach these messages, this message, in our own lives. In our Bible passage for this morning, St. Paul is explaining how he preaches the gospel to those around him. And to our 21st century ears, hearing his description of how he told other people about Jesus Christ might rattle our ears some. We're not used to hearing the chameleon-like actions of St. Paul trying to teach other people about Jesus Christ. We read in 1 Corinthians 6.20 that, quote, To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. In modern day life, when people act like chameleons, it's considered to be a less than positive trait. And when we hear that St. Paul was acting this way, this whole thing might ring inauthentic to our ears. That St. Paul is doing nothing more than just bending to people's will and trying to appease the world around him. And we know what happens when people try to be, quote, all things to all people in our modern day lives. I don't think it ever works out well. However, I can't help but wonder if we might be just a little off when we read this passage in that light. When St. Paul tells the Corinthian church that he became, quote, all things to all people so that I might be by any means save some, 1 Corinthians 6.22. I don't think he's trying to be a chameleon in a negative way like we may know it in 21st century parlance, but that he's trying to be relatable to those around him. 
Each of the groups that St. Paul finds himself in front of has different viewpoints on the world around them. For as he tells the Corinthians earlier in the letter, For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.22 Therefore, each group would respond to theological arguments in different ways. Just like a teacher adjusting their lesson plans to fit the classroom that they find themselves in. For any teacher can tell you that no two classrooms are ever the same. St. Paul would have adjusted his teaching and preaching in order to fit the situation that he found himself in at the time. But one, why do all this, one might ask? Well, as I mentioned a little earlier in my sermon, he does all this because he feels a certain calling from God to do this work. This teaching and preaching that he was doing was at the core of his Christian identity. As an apostle, he was following in the footsteps of those who had gone before him and wanted to tell the world about the experiences that he had had with God, who has revealed himself to us in the three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now that he's had that experience of the divine, he can't imagine doing anything else with his life. This is why we hear him say that phrase that I quoted at the beginning of this sermon, well one to me if I preach not the gospel. His Christian identity is wrapped up in the preaching of the gospel, and there would be something missing from his life if he did not fulfill that call that God had placed on his life. And my friends, you probably know what that feeling is like when you know that something is missing from your life, that there's a hole inside of you that you can't quite fill, and you don't know what exactly to do to fill it. This, I believe, is the woe that would betide St. Paul if he didn't fulfill his Christian identity by preaching the gospel. What do I do with this, you might be asking me. Well, as we read about St. Paul reflecting on his Christian identity, his reflections might help us to reflect on our own individual Christian identities, if you have one. If you don't think you're a Christian and you're listening to the sermon this morning, I do invite you to listen on. These questions might still be helpful to you in any case. Imagine with me this situation. You're standing in an elevator and the person next to you turns to you and asks you a very simple question. What does it mean to be a Christian? As you're looking at them, what would you say in that intervening time between floors? What you say, I would argue, is at the core of what you believe a Christian to be at the core of your own Christian identity. Each one of us is called to, quote, preach the gospel. But each of our identities in Christ will be different because there is different parts of the body. Our call is to preach the gospel, but it might not be to pastoral ministry in the pulpit each Sunday. Although, don't discount the fact that it could possibly be that, too. Preaching the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ is our call and what God wants us to do. And when we embrace that call in our lives, our lives are forever transformed and they are suddenly filled in a way that we had never imagined was possible before. As we return to our regular lives this week, I want to pause and pose a question to you before we go. How will you preach the good news of Jesus Christ in your individual context? Each one of us listening this morning 
has an individual context that is different from all of the other contexts. No two contexts are the same, much like those two classrooms I referenced earlier. As St. Paul has showed us, there is no one, quote, right way to preach that message that Jesus has come to earth to reveal the kingdom of God to us, the kingdom of God both present and in the future, that message that you and I as humanity are beloved of God no matter how far we run, that message that we are to love God and to love others as we have been first loved by God. What will you do to tell others about that message? What will you do to reveal God to others around you? How will you help others experience God? Each of us is going to have a different answer to that question, depending on our own spiritual gifts, and that's okay. When we help others live into an experience of God, our lives are forever changed, and you and I are to take that experience and repeat it so that others may experience that simple fact that they are too our beloved children of God. And my friends, so we pray. All glory, Jesu, be to thee, for this thy glad epiphany, whom with the Father we adore, and Holy Ghost, forevermore. My friends, thanks be to God.